The Process, a podcast about creativity and experimental music. In the world of experimental music, outcomes and accolades for creators can be uncertain and at times seem far and few between. Therefore, creators and practitioners of experimental music must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one creator and their music. Understanding how and why they create can inform aspiring creatives and help audiences better understand and navigate experimental music. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of experimental music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. Violet Knox is a Boston-based electronic experimental ambient sonic noise project with spacey textural walls of sound using synths, guitars, effects pedals, turntables, vocals, drum machines, and beats. The band's fourth album, Whispering Galaxy, on Infinity Vine Records, features four vocalists weaving through a sometimes dense sonic landscape of electronic rhythms, various synths, and guitars. On today's episode, we listen to the second track from the album Whispering Galaxies, entitled Haumea. I'm Andrew Abrahamson, and in Violet Knox, I do uh, what I would refer to as 
various forms of synthesis, and I control all the uh, clocked devices. Uh, I'm Fen Rothstein. I do uh, process vocals, uh, digital turntables, and just, you know, synthesis. Des DiCarlo. <laughs> I play guitar and multiple effects, uh, Novation synthesizer. Um, I have a Fender Hot Rod, Hot Rod tube amp. And uh, that's what, and I do some vocals mm -hmm. and vocal effects. So, what's inspiring you typically? I think being with these fabulous people inspire me. <laughs> you know, it's like the energy. No, it is. I, I, I love everyone in the band. And, you know, it's, it's not like I'm going to practice and that's a drag. I get yeah. super excited by seeing Fen and Andrew and, you know, everyone that's involved. And we have this very magical, uh, amazing chemistry um, that's very free, uh, open, and allows people to do what they need to do in their life and show up when, when they're able to mm -hmm. and they want to. And we create this really beautiful experimental electronic mm -hmm. sound together. Mm -hmm. So it's very special. That inspires me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think what, what I would sort of add to that is there's always this like mixture of chemistry, which is really important for whatever something turns out to be. And then the ideas that you're starting from that sort of build the basis that that chemistry comes together on top of. And, um, you know, for me, a lot of those ideas have to do with, with sound in the body or sound in the mind and things like that. Then mm -hmm. what, yeah, when, so you're creating as part of this group. Um, Truly. But Fen, what inspires you to have a creative idea? Uh, how do I put it? First and foremost, I'm definitely like a little bit on the hippie side of stuff. But um, when it comes to music, I feel like much more uh, almost like mechanical and practical. Uh, mm -hmm. I know it maybe seems weird in the context of the music. Um, you know, it's like uh, the, the reason why I bring that up is because one time we had an interview, somebody brought up like free jazz mm -hmm. and we all collectively were like, oh, huh, yeah, no, kind of, kind of that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like... Um, it is very like emotional, spiritual, open flowing, but like for me, a lot of the practical choices that I make to sing a note or to make a synth is like very like, what am I not hearing represented in the mix here? Mm -hmm. What can I do melodically or harmonically to expand like the implied harmony? Like mm -hmm. the project is very pointillistic in a sense. Oftentimes it's like drums and bass and like a monophonic melody here and then another monophonic melody here. And the relationship between those two melodies is everything that creates that harmonic space. And so like thinking in that kind of like pragmatic way, just the, the, the like weird joy that I get out of doing that is like what drives the, the ideas there. And then listening to it back, then I get to have my hippie experience, you know? Right. Well, that's interesting <laughs> too, because I think a listener would maybe listen to this music and uh, feel that is sort of free flowing and there's this sort of free form to it. When I listen to it, I, I hear that, but I also hear maybe a lot of rigor that has to happen to like pull it all off. So when you get together as a group, what's sort of the process for working on a new idea? Does one member of the group bring an idea and you workshop it? Or 
is somebody just writing everything? I, I don't think this is the case, but is somebody just writing every single note out and handing uh, sheets of music to people? Or well, it's definitely note note for note. We go off sheet music. <laughs> yes. It's actually really hard. I thought so. I thought yeah. so. The, the process of rehearsal is intense. We actually have several studio musicians. Musicians. <laughs> It's um, it's a it's a very open collaboration, um, and everybody has a chance to participate. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one is like the hog in the band where one person is doing, you know, everything. Right. So Andrew might bring in a beat, or Ben may have an idea. Alexis had an amazing guitar line, um, or somebody Karen might offer like a, a great idea or something like that. So. Um, we take that initial idea, say like if it's a drum beat, and then we just kind of jam on it. Yeah. And if it flows and works, that's great. Um, not everything does. Mm-hmm. If, uh, say, perhaps I came up with a guitar line that I just don't like, I'll dump it and maybe create something. Or we do, there's, you know, there's plenty of room for creating new ideas if one doesn't work. The other thing I just wanted to quickly say um, in regards to what... Um, Genius Fen just spoke about <laughs> is that we really um, give each other space in the music. Like we're super sensitive to, because there's so much going on. We're all doing you know, many different layers, textures mm-hmm. uh, within, within all the, the instruments. And I think that we have, you know, um, the really wonderful ability to, to hear each other and to give that space. So nothing gets too cluttered. So, so how do you change an idea or how do you transform an idea that's sort of a jam or a collaborative process? How do you turn that into something that's finished? I think it's sort of, um, especially, especially since, since lockdown, but even, sure. even kind of before that, part of the strategy would be that we would develop things, would be say Des and I would get a structure underneath mm-hmm. and it's something that's solid enough that other people can come and react to it. Mm-hmm. And then we have something we can adjust a little bit, but we're not all trying to pull all of these moving pieces together and then make it into something that that's a complete piece. It's more sort of building a foundation. And then, you know, Fens has such a keen sense of what's missing. So if we can bring some, bring some structure and allow her to react to that, it always fills out things that, that, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's what I would have done if I had been able to think about it. And so it's 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 beautiful. And so there's there's that kind of building an underlying structure yeah. in order that the other pieces won't have to struggle to be matched with each other. Because a lot of times with improvisational music, there's so many pieces that you liked, right, but you can't repeat them and you don't know how to put them together. So it's it's kind of that, you know, building a foundation and then letting things happen on top of that.
Let's talk a little bit about uh, Haumea. And this is the second uh, track from the upcoming uh, EP, Whisper Galaxy. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Whispering Galaxy, yeah. For who's um, doing what on the tracks, um, you'll hear uh, the guitar and in, in some of the synth will, will be Des. And um, then I'm doing, again, there's so many different synthesizers. So saying who's doing synthesis almost doesn't matter. So right. I'll leave that out. I'm doing most of the rhythmic stuff here. And then um, the vocals, you'll hear two vocals in there. One is Fens will be the... Mm-hmm sort of really wonderful atmospheric vocal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Noel is doing the uh, sort of lead vocal. And so you'll hear those two in there. It's a very complicated song to play. Uh, Andrew and I talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, many, many parts. And we really have to, to be on and pay attention. A lot of tweaking, too, of the effects. My, you know, I have like all my guitar effects on the pedal that run into the synthesizer. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing some tweaking on some different effects, you know, so little noises here and there, little levels adjusted. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting when I was listening, the way I interpret it is I heard sort of this growing start, this sort of, it grew, it became, became rather chaotic and then it's, it slowed down and became a lot more contemplative. For the first part of it, it's, um, when we talk about sort of building these experimenting with the foundations first, um, I had had this idea in my head about particular geometric changes in tempo. Mm-hmm. And so I had originally designed, it had like five parts in it instead of two. <laughs> sure. And so it repeated, it repeated these tempo shifts. And Des, Des said, enough already. <laughs> it doesn't need to be five parts. Um, and so that, that shift in tempo, that one major right. structural piece kind of came out of that. Mm-hmm. And then we were working that beginning sort of to move into and bring it up so that it would have a place to go when it dropped that tempo. Mm -hmm. And then as that, there's two halves for that intro as as it sort of rises. Mm -hmm. And that second half is when Fen came in and just sort of filled out the activity of that. That's when we knew where that second part really went because then it felt good going into that um, sort of more mellow and beautiful piece mm-hmm. with with enough of a rise in there. But that was something that, that you know, Des and I worked on. All of that structure was in there, but it wasn't until Fenn brought that, brought that rise into it that it really started to work. And then finally, we, are, we had that structure. We had Fenn's vocal on top, and that's when we passed it over to Noelle. And then she kind of bookended it with these, with her introduction piece of vocal coming in before the chaos starts, and then in over the top of the kind of beautiful piece at the end. So it, it, um, mm-hmm. each person kind of reacted to that, that very coarse base structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Noelle recorded that remotely. So she wasn't in the same space right. as us. We just sent mm-hmm. her the mix and yeah. then she did her thing. So there were there was a long, as we started the song months ago, I think the first time we re-performed it was on the roof deck of Studio 550. Mm-hmm. That was an incredible show. Um, and I, I remember at that point, what the hell am I playing? <laughs> like, it was like, what is this song? Like, this is garbage. Like, we need to throw this away. It's not really going anywhere. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So... It, we Andrew and I kept drilling it and drilling it. That's what we do well together is that just we will play songs over and over and over until we get the parts really tight. 
And then all of a sudden, months later, it really became this beautiful piece. Mm -hmm. So, Fen, what did what does the second half mean to you or how did you approach this piece? A lot of times we'll be working in like kind of explicit, maybe not intentionally necessarily, mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's, it's definitely intentional. A lot of pieces have like a very explicitly set key. And because of the melodies that are pretty consistent and dominating in the, in the track, um, it can have a tendency to be very like uh, kind of in one place, maybe like modally. Sure. And the great part about the end of Haumea is that it's this it's just got this baseline that in in a sense is like really easy to latch onto and then at the same time is almost like resisting a traditional melodic interpretation. Uh, and the benefit is that it allows you to just like move through all these different modes and express like a lot of different um, like emotional spaces. Uh, yeah. it, it works really well using the Lydian mode yeah. in a way that uh, fits the tensions expressed by the baseline. Sure. Um, you know, the Lydian mode is this really happy thing. It's this really <laughs> kind of uplifting, yeah. uh, but also it has this weird mystery with the sharp 11. And it's just sure. really um, fun to explore that space in that way mm -hmm. um, and navigate in and out of that mode into different modes uh, and really like wring every piece of harmonic possibility out of that. Like otherwise, it's like simultaneously simple, but also interestingly complex. So what about audience feedback? Because, you know, you're talking about something that is ultimately this live performance thing, or it can be. How does the audience and feedback that you get affect the way you either shape a piece or just the creative process? Oh, I, I have a one specific example for that is, you know, one of the, towards the one of the last shows we did before, um, you know, before the shutdown yeah. um, was on a roof deck out in on yeah. Mass Ave. And yeah. I, I had a friend. <laughs> yeah, that was so great. Yeah, um, a friend of mine showed up for the show about halfway through our set, and he was saying, you know, after me, I don't know what was going on during your set. It was crazy. People just like moving back and forth yeah. in this subconscious way. That's how I get the feedback when I look at and and people are almost not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And that that the the music is kind of moving through all of the people that way. Yeah. That's that's how I know it's working. Yeah. Have you ever in a show changed something based on audience feedback? And I'm not saying like you know a, ne a negative scenario where like you know mm -hmm. people weren't interested or something. But have you ever said you know what let's go to this or let's jump to this based on the the audience? Has that has that ever occurred? 
Yeah. Or there, there's been times that I haven't been able to hear <laughs> Andrew's, mm -hmm. you know, bass drum or something. Sure. So I may have been playing a completely different part. I mean, all sorts of strange things happen on stage sure. with sound. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we've, if we've ever, have we ever done that? Change as a, a team song, song in particular. Not. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. We, not, not in motion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like that happens most in the transitional pieces because usually we'll yeah. have a number yeah. of pieces we're playing for the show and there'll be transitions between them. Mm -hmm. And those transitions are the are the times when you're feeling out the room and feeling what's happening. And yeah. so in those transitions, that's how the movement in and the character of the next piece that's going to be played gets determined. So it gets delivered in a way that kind of reacts to those those the the sort of improvised sound between the actual pieces. So I think that mm -hmm. that may be the biggest piece of of sort of audience res, audience response or our responding to what the audience is is giving back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have a lot of people like cheering <laughs> during right. our show. They're, they're not they're not, they're, like, not they're not calling for yeah. for favorites right. for greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. no one's yelling yeah. "Free Bird" at any point during yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, no, no thank awkward goodness. clap alongs, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've had or I've had people come up after sets and say, "I really loved that. I thought that was amazing." Was that whole thing improved? Right. Yeah. And yeah. and this will be people who have heard us a couple of times, and in that always like it took me a while to get over that because for <laughs> for me it's like it's a lot of structure. I'm and I'm yeah. doing it yeah. the same way yeah. every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's but it's cool if it, you know what people hear is what people hear, and that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think honestly, if anything, that's like a compliment because I yeah, think yeah. Uh, you want to have this kind of spontaneous vibe, and I think whether people realize it or not, subconsciously, if they've heard it more than once, then the more that they hear it, but keep it like the more that they hear it while thinking it's an improvisation, the more yeah. that they'll subconsciously recognize repetitive motifs. Mm -hmm. And the more that they'll feel a sense of comfort with what seems to be an improvisation. And I think that creates yeah. a really weird sure. emotional space for people to be in. Uh, but it, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, the, yeah. I think that's a big component of why, especially the first time someone sees our show, it's a mixed bag. But I think the people who come back second or third time, they're the ones who are really, I feel like immersed more so than anybody. Well, this has been a really fantastic conversation. Yeah, sweet. Before I let you go, Tell us uh, and tell the audience where we can find out more about you and your music. So Instagram at Violet Knox Band. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, our record comes out April 9th on Infinity Vine, Infinity Vine Records. Um, so that will be available to purchase. Uh, I mean, we're on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all the digital platforms. Thanks to Andrew, Fenn, and Dez of Violet Knox for sharing their time and music with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out other episodes in the podcast. And as always, like, subscribe, and leave a comment on your preferred podcasting app. I'm Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and this has been The Process. <laughs>